0: Amen. Now turn your Bible, or your device, over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I want you just to say this scripture out loud with me. God, God has not has given, us given us the spirit, spirit. of fear, spirit. but of power, power. And, of and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Say, Pastor, you, you seem to want us to get this one. Yes. yes. Amen. Say with me. God has not God has given not. me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so this foundation Scripture reminds us that if there is fear present, God didn't give it to you. It doesn't serve any purpose but destruction. In fact, your God 365 times says in Scripture, do not fear. It's often said one per day. I, we probably need more than that, especially right now. But it's very much a huge theme in God's heart that his people will not operate in fear. If you're in fear, that just simply lets you know that uh, you're not walking in love, you're not walking in power, are you here? And you're not walking with a sound mind. Your mind is not working the way it's supposed to if you're in fear. The power of God is not flowing in you if you're operating in fear. And if you're in fear, you're not being perfected in love, which means the love of God is not there like it should be. But how do you understand that perfect love casts out all fear? So if we have not been given the spirit of fear, the Bible very plainly tells us we've been given the spirit of faith in several places. And the spirit of faith, of course, has the love thing figured out. The spirit of faith does operate in power. And the spirit of faith does indicate a sound mind. Say this to me. My mind is working the way God designed it to work. So I just want to point out to you that when you are tempted to get into fear... Remember this, that if you step over that threshold into fear, your mind is not going to work right. You're not going to have all the information. You're not going to have the right perspective. You're not going to make good decisions if you do so in fear. There's nothing good that's produced in your life because of fear. You say, well, what if my child wants to run out in the middle of the road and play? Shouldn't I just instill the fear of God in them? You can tell them not to run in the middle of the street without sowing fear into their heart. If little Johnny's on a 15-foot wall playing around, you don't have to go over there and freak out and instill fear in him to tell him this is not a safe thing to do. Most people, though, in the process of trying to instill safety also have sown a big, huge seed of fear, and that's exactly what's happened during the COVID era. In trying to protect little Johnny, look at somebody and say, and you're little Johnny. Fear has been instilled into people. And I wish I could tell you it's just out there in the world, but that's not the case. It's in the church. And the assignment of the ministry and the minister is to deal with anything that is has invaded the believer's life that doesn't belong there. So come on, confess it one more time. No fear, no fear. here. Go over to Matthew chapter 4 and let's look at this scripture. And I'll give you some keys to overcoming that fear in your life. God wants you free today. Not just from the master fear of death. Are you here? A Christian, when they get born again, should lose their fear of death. It doesn't mean you want to die today, but you have no fear of death because you know where you're going. You know you've been redeemed. Amen. Amen. You know you're going to a wonderful place. You know there are people that are already there that you love. And people that are going to follow you that you love. And more than that, you know the Lord's going to raise you from the dead. Amen. Amen. In other words, once you cross that threshold, curse has no hold on you ever again. When you step into death, you never will be tempted to sin. You'll never be fearful again. You'll never have a problem in your body. You'll never have a problem in life. When you step over, those people are the ones to be envied. For years, I've passed by graveyards and, you know, cemeteries, and I thought to myself, those people are laughing at me. They know something we don't. You should not have a spirit of fear about death as a Christian because at that moment the entire grip of the curse is gone from your life forever. You have nothing but good things to look forward to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wedding supper of the Lamb, the awards, the rewards, amen. The resurrection of the body, the translation of the body that you have, amen. Glory to God. So if you're Afraid of death, what you don't realize is that is a big, huge, open door to all kinds of fear in your life. That's the first step for you, if that's you, is slam that door shut. Look at somebody say, no fear here. Absent from the body. Present present with the Lord. What? Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. Down here we serve Him, amen. Absent from the body, we serve Him. Just without any remnant of the curse at all. What we want to do is deal with every latent fear that might be out there. And things like people being, you know, terrified of COVID. Their behavior, their lifestyle, their choices, their employment, where they go, what they do, all being controlled by a false Lord called fear. I thought Jesus was Lord. I said, I thought Jesus was Lord. Then he's the one that should be dictating our coming and our going. Our doing. Are you here today? Look at this scripture, in Matthew chapter 4. It contains some great wisdom for us. Verse 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, and there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And we know this word refers to a seismic-like activity. This is an earthquake of a storm, basically, seismos. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Look at somebody say, nearly swamped. Can I tell you something today? The devil may do his best, but his best isn't good enough. You were nearly swamped, amen. You were nearly defeated. You were nearly going down, but you're not. But in their situation, they interpreted that as we're done. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion while all of this was going on. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now watch this. He just rebuked them for not having faith. And the very next line says they were terrified. Their fear didn't go down. Their terror increased. I just point this out to tell you that just because you're seeing a miracle or seeing God move his hand or because you witness God do something powerful, that does not necessarily mean it's going to have a spiritual impact on your life. Jesus did many miracles in front of the crowds, and yet they never turn to the truth. They're terrified and ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. This is not fearing the Lord as I'll teach you today. This is being terrified of the environment and the circumstances that they're in. And who is this that can even control the winds and the waves? I'll tell you what, he can control a whole lot more than that. Amen? And I want you to see today the principles from the Word of God that will encourage you that you don't have to live in fear. Say it, no fear here. Say it again. Say, no No fear fear. here. First of all, focus on what God said. Focus on what God said. What did he say? We're going to the other side. Fear can't control your life when you put both feet down on what God said. You decided you're going to go with what God has said rather than what your fear is telling you. He said we're going to the other side. So guess what you're doing? No, not just me, not just some people. You are going to the other side. You started out a dream, a vision, a direction. You had a call of God, an anointing of God. And you headed in that direction and everything came against you. The word of the Lord is still secure for you today. You're going to the other side. Turn to somebody and tell them you're going to make it. If you focus on what? On the word. See, word people don't just let these things come and fly over their head. They're listening when he speaks. And he said, we're going to the other side. So why could he sleep? Because he trusted in the utterance of the Spirit of God the Father gave him. And he just laid down and relaxed. Because guess what? He's going to the other side. If the boat is full of water, it's still going to the other side. If everybody freaks out, it's still going to the other side. But he was the only one focused on what the word had said. Everyone else was focused on what? The wind, the waves, the water coming into the boat, the huge storm, the furious squall that came up very quickly in that situation, and their eyes were on the problem instead of the promise that he made. Now, you're going to have that choice every single day of the week, every single year you live on this planet. You're always going to have a fear to look at or a promise to behold and stand on. Say it with me. As for me and my house, we're going to believe what he said. Well, pastor, that's just a parenthetical comment in the word of God. There's no such thing. Everything is there by design. Everything is there for our benefit. And when you start on your journey and God gives you a direction and you head down that road and everything breaks loose against you, you keep on telling yourself, I'm going to the other side because he said so. You put the full weight of yourself on the word of God and you depend and trust on what he said Amen. no matter what it looks like When Peter was told when they said hey it's a ghost and Peter said Lord if it's you tell them you know to, you know come tell me to, to come to you and what did Jesus say He preached 3 hours on come No what do you do one word I permit you, come. And he stood up and he went over the rail of that boat. He's the only one that acted on that word. Peter gets a hard time in history, but let's remember he's the only one that stepped up and he's walking on the water on the basis of believing what Jesus said. In other words, his focus was on what God said and not what he saw. But then when he took his eyes off of What God said, that's when he began to sink. You focus on what God said, you make it to the other side. You eye the promise instead of the fear. You know, I think about Joseph, and this is the only way that man could have made it through all he went through. He had a vision, a heavenly mandate, and he believed it enough to share it. Now, let me caution you. Sometimes you shouldn't share certain things with certain people, You may get an eye roll, you may get persecuted, you may get laughed at. He saw himself ruler over his brothers. He saw himself ruler over his own family, his own mom and dad. And that was deeply ingrained on the inside of him. So when they threw him in a pit, he didn't see the pit. He saw the promise. When he was sold into slavery, he didn't see the chains. He saw the vision on the inside of him. He felt like, guess what, I'm going to the other side. This may be an interruption, but I'm going. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm going going. to the other side. side. You know, the thing the devil tried to use to wipe you out is not going to succeed. You're going to see massive success and turnaround in the body of Christ and massive demonic failure this year in Jesus' name. You're going to see great things happen. Shout it out, "I'm I'm going to the other side. When he's minding his own business and God's blessing everything in the household of Potiphar, he trusted Joseph with everything. His wife came on to him, tried to seduce him. He ran away, did the honorable thing. He gets accused of rape and he's thrown in prison. But when he was in prison, he wasn't focused on the prison or the walls. He was focused on what? The word of the Lord over his life. And there came a day when there was a need for an interpretation of a heavenly visitation, and guess who had it? Could you imagine how ill-prepared he would have been if he had been focusing on all the problems instead of on the promise of his life? When the time came, he had the interpretation. He literally went from from a young man with a coat of many colors, with a dream and a vision, to the second most powerful ruler in all of the world, next to Pharaoh himself, because he focused on what? The word instead of the pit and slavery and accusations and setbacks and imprisonment, that's the way you need to be. And you don't need some big old long dissertation. With Peter, it was one word. With these guys, it was a phrase. We're going to the other side. I wonder what God has spoken to you. The question is not whether it's true or not. The question is whether you will put your feet down on that and believe that you're going to the other side. You may be sick now, but you're going to the other side. You may be in debt now, but you're going to the other side. You may be discouraged right now, but you're going to the other side. You may be despondent right now, but you're going to the other side. You may be depressed now, but you are going to the other side. Come on, shout it out. I'm going to the other side in Jesus' name. First principle, the first key is you need to focus on what God said. Number two, focus on where God is. Where was he? Right there in the boat. Poke somebody and say, he's with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's in the stern. When you forget who's with you, fear rushes in. Your first instinct shouldn't be to think, you know, what's against you or who's against you or the problem you're facing. Your first instinct should be, you know what? God is with me. And God is for me. Who can be against me? If God is for me, what? Who can be against me? Remind yourself of the words here in Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I'll be what? I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. When your eye is on the word of God, you can be Daniel thrown in prison for doing nothing and in the dungeon with the lions for what? Doing nothing but praying, minding your own business, praying to the most high God. But guess what? His focus wasn't on the appetite of the lions. His appetite was on what? What did God say? The three Hebrew boys thrown in jail because they wouldn't bow down to an idol. Can I tell you something? This entire spirit in this world right now, and including this country, is designed to get you to bow down to an idol. Yes. And like old Robert used to preach, if you won't bow, you won't burn. Amen. And they said, We will not bow. Amen. You see this? And their confession was they won't do it no matter what the king says. But their confession was they weren't going to burn. God is what? Well able to deliver us. And their focus was not on the circumstances or what the king said, but their focus was what on on God said, that he is there. And who showed up? There's a fourth man. I said there's a fourth man in that fire. Guess what? In your life, when it seems like everyone is against you, there's a fourth man about to show up in your situation. There's a person about to show up and bring you out of that thing. You have to focus on where God is. He's not up in heaven far away. He's not just with certain special people. He's with you today. Not only do you have his promise, you have his presence. He is with you. Amen. I know when I got to church, he was here. No, you brought him. I'm not qualified. I'm the least among us. You know, the least among us still has God's presence. The spirit of God is still living inside of you. You're not going to be people that succumb to fear because you can focus on what He said. you can focus on where God is. Look at him. Look at somebody and tell him, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Say said, he's a friend who sticks closer. He said, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I remember one time my, my dad packed us all up. We went to Cave-In Rock State Park. And how uh, you know that the camping in families is kind of an evolutionary thing? You kind of start out with a tent. I guess some folks start out with a hammock. I don't know. But this was about a, an eight-man tent, and there were four of us kids, me being the youngest and the mom and dad, and he set this uh, this tent up. I can still remember the shape of it. I can still remember the color of it. Bless God, I can even remember the smell of it. <laughs> and he set that thing up, and... Got a little hibachi grill out, and he's making he's making steaks, and he's he's making some baked potatoes. We're going to have a feast. Well, the weather had a different idea, <laughs> and I, I can remember that he put that tent right by an incline, <laughs> and the water rushing down. And some of you have been to Cave and Rock, you know the formations there. Down from the rock into the incline, there's the tent. And I'm thinking that we're all going to take a ride. And just sitting in that tent, him saying, you know, everything's going to be all fine. Just, it's just the weather. You know, it's going to, it's going to be okay. We're, you know, we've pinned down this tent pretty good. We're not going to float on in see Jesus or anything like that. And I remember looking outside the tent, and the water level was so high that the baked potatoes and the steaks were floating on downstream. There he went the dinner that night. But just knowing what? Just knowing that your dad was there, everything, what? Is going to be all right. Now tell somebody, everything is going to be all right. You've got a friend that six closer than a brother. We didn't get much to eat that night, but amen. The great uh, cave and rock flood didn't get us. And it's not going to get you either. Amen. You need to remember what he said. You need to remember who is with you. Amen. And number three, you need to remember what he has, what God has. And what he has is all power. He's all powerful, isn't he, church? Glory to God. Scripture says he rebuked the winds and the waves. The authority is not only in him, it's been given to his body. Scripture says in Matthew 28, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Scripture tells us that uh, it really helps when you meditate on just how magnificent He is. There's nothing He can't do. Scripture says nothing's impossible with God. Scripture says, you know, nothing's too hard for the Lord. It's a constant theme in Scripture that He is a what? A really big God. Tell somebody, He's a big God. He does big things. He does supernatural things. And there He is. You got your eyes on what he said. You know he's with you and you know he is all powerful. But you're going through what this nation's going through is no match for almighty God. And you need to remember this, that the creative agent for, for the Lord our God is Jesus himself. In the beginning was what? Was the word. Amen. Power. I want you to see this in Psalm 55 for a moment. What does somebody do when they're terrified? In Psalm 55, verse 4, My heart is in anguish within me. The terror of death assailed me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. You can continue to read and you can see what a a hard place this individual is as they write. But when they get down to this verse, um, around verse uh, 22, scripture says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will what? He will sustain you. You will never, He will never let the righteous fall. Say that. That's me. me. Never. See, despite the fact, if you will do what it says and cast your cares, Say it with me, I cast my cares, I cast my fears. As fast as they try to come on you, you cast them. On the one who has all the power in the universe. That is your God, and he calls you a friend today. You're part of that family. Say it, I'm part of the am family. God said I am, guess what, you're part of the am family. I remember what Cripple said one time, he am what? He am whatever you need him to be. Because that's the kind of power that he has. There's no reason for us to get into fear. The Spirit of God is already moving right now. And I can tell you this that spirit of faith or fear, it's just a matter of our focus. If you'll focus on the things of God, on the Word of God, on the presence of God, on the power of God, you will have a spirit of faith. If you focus on the circumstances and everything that's wrong, faith is going to diminish and fear is going to manifest in your life. Instead of doing that, do what the psalmist said in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from what? All my fears. How many fears? All my fears. And coming in today, and you go to Ecclesiastes, if you would, for a moment. Maybe will be turning there. But in coming in today, I began to hear the Spirit of God say some things about this. And God is, is now releasing in the body of Christ supernatural specialists to deal with COVID. Man has done what he can do. Praise God where there's been some benefit. But how do you understand this is, this is not a job for man? No. No. This is a job for God and his people. Right. Amen. Is there anybody here that is any interest at all in being a specialist in putting this COVID underground where it belongs? That that special anointing, say it with me, it's an anointing. It's an empowerment. This anointing will do two things. One, it will enable you, when you lay hands on somebody with COVID, to have them immediately that thing driven out of their body and out of their life. The second thing will happen is they won't get it again. It's not going to be another round around the block. It's not going to be here comes again. It's not going to be I, I took the vaccine for boost and it's still there. That's where we are right now. People having every boost and still getting it. This is no longer an issue for people arguing pro or, or against anything. I am not pro or against facts, facts. I am not pro or against mask. I'm pro Jesus. I'm pro word. I'm pro word of faith. I'm anti-fear. That's what I am. That's the goal. That's where we are. That's our job. And so they've done what they can do. And it's been muddied and it's been confused. Bless their hearts. But when God does something, it's definitive. It's clear. It's to the point and it's supernatural. Man has done in the natural what he can do. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. God is saying, I have heard the millions of prayers of my people all over the world. I have heard them cry out for answers and for wisdom and direction. And the sovereign God says, I am answering my people with my power. I'm answering them with my ability. And when you see this manifest, people all over the nation and around the world will become empowered and anointed to be specialists to deal with COVID. And they will lay their hands on the sick and the COVID will die. And those people will never have COVID again the rest of their lives. I don't see any reason why a bunch of y'all can't be in that. In other words, fear is always on the defense, faith is always on the offense. Faith does not pretend it attacks. When they have a COVID case in the hospital, they're quarantined. Preachers can't even get in. You see what I'm saying to you? Everything is defensive in spirit. If you're willing, I believe God will use you. I said, if you're willing, I believe God will use you. I said, if you're willing, I believe God will use you. you." Raise your hand if you're willing. Well, who am I? It doesn't matter. He's looking for willing vessels. You know, when Jesus got around lepers, he didn't run. There's a spirit of run in the body of Christ. There's a spirit of isolate in the the body of Christ. That does not come from the spirit of God. This is not a spirit of isolate. This is a spirit of you got this, we're going to drive that in Jesus' name. We're not going to sit around waiting. We're going to do something with what God has given us because he's the one that said we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side in this COVID nonsense. Make sure you're on the right side of that confession. We're going over to the other side. Can I have an amen? amen? And he is with us. He's not against us. He is for us. He's not hiding. And he is releasing his power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it, I am willing. willing. Come on, say it, I am willing willing. to be one one. of his specialists. How many is he going to raise up? How many ever it takes? All over the world. In every nation where his people have cried out to him. Because around the world we all have one thing in common. No one has a handle on it. No one. And this shouldn't surprise us the days that we live in. Amen. Glory to God. If you are willing, raise your hand right now. If you're willing, glory to God. You know what that means. It means you got to stick your hands on some lepers. But there's no report of Jesus ever getting leprosy. When the uh, 10th leper threw himself on Jesus bare feet are you here and couldn't stop thanking him enough Jesus just kicked him off of him no what he did was where are all the others this should have been a 10 leper thank party at my feet they should have exposed me to all 10 of them for what happened to them amen if it wasn't this it would be something else See, the devil thinks he has the church pinned down. He's about to find out he's made the biggest mistake in recent history in this world. When he, God winds you up and sends you out. Glory be to God. Thank you, my Father. In Ecclesiastes 12, here's your, your ultimate weapon. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear the Lord. Fear whom? Fear the Lord and keep His commands. This is the sole duty of man. You cannot fear the Lord and fear everything else at the same time. To fear the Lord is to honor, respect, revere Him enough to obey Him. And that will keep every other fear at bay and every other false lord at bay. I believe that that God is going to stoke an impartation in this building today. Every one of you have unique contacts and circles that you're in. I don't think any circle in this country has not been touched by this wickedness. And if you think that it's it's a God sin, think again. God is for life. Thief cometh not before to steal and kill and destroy. If you're willing to be one of those supernaturally endowed, amen, specialists, stand at your feet. We're just going to pray over you right now.